Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. de fondo, centrando, Frenkie de Jong, balón para Jordi Alba, gol, 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 qué bueno, qué bueno, con el exterior de la bota izquierda, la coló cerca del palo derecho de la portería de Aitor Fernández, fenomenal Jordi, fenomenal Jordi, fenomenal Jordi, que estaba como una moto. Hello everyone and welcome to La Liga Lowdown, it's our midweek podcast, it's match day 33 and of course the Copa del Rey final is almost upon us. I'm your host, Matt Clark. Delighted to be joined from Valencia by Paco Pollitt. How are you tonight, Paco? Hi, Matt. Well, obviously, with uh, you know plenty of things to, to cover in the next few minutes uh, as the games have literally ended seconds ago. Uh, I actually didn't see the final whistle on that Athletic Betis game, which has ended after the midnight. You know, those kinds of games which begin uh, on one day and end on the next one. Something that you only see over here in La Liga. But yeah, regardless, I think that we have plenty of interesting uh, things to, to talk about. Um, the fight is on, especially uh, on the lower half of the of the standings with plenty of teams, many teams trying to, you know, escape their, their doom. Uh, others bottling, um, you know, advantages uh, throughout the game, as, for example, Espanol's case. And also, uh, we have big news at the top because uh, Real Madrid lost their their space at uh, the second place and now Atletico are in front of them. Mm. Well, as we say, we've got plenty to get through. We're going to do the Copper preview in part two. So in part one, we're going to round up the games that have happened this week. And there's actually been 12 since our last podcast because on Monday, we had the tail end of match day 32. Mm. We had Mallorca one, Athletic one. They rescued a point late on with a, pretty much the last kick of the game at Son Mosh, and then Girona were the first team to beat Mendelibar's Sevilla side two goals to nil. So then we head to match day 33, and we'll start at the top then, because Barca took on a much rotated Osasuna side, and they won 1-0. It was a pretty suffering game in terms of the scoreline. Only 1-0, and having played against 10 for pretty much an hour. Could have been more, but in the end, it's, it's another 1-0 result, and it takes them just one step away from the title, Paco. Yeah, and also I think that it's quite uh, poetic that it was Jordi Alba, the the guy in charge of scoring that late uh, winner, as I think that he has, you know, grown into this secondary role of him uh, this season, uh, which he kickstarted as, uh, you know, uh, the starter that in the 
in the left back position, but he has, you know, evolved into becoming uh, one of those luxurious uh, subs coming in during the second halves. So I think that he has more or less uh, accepted his, his secondary role. I think that is going to be crucial towards his uh, contract extension talks, which are going to happen in the following weeks. And yeah, he scoring that goal, uh, which is going to be crucial towards Barca securing the championship in the in the following days. Uh, you know, it's some sort of uh, great tail end to this uh, season of transition for for Jordi Alba. And regarding the the rest of the game, um, yet another clean sheet for Ter Stegen. I have already lost count of twenty five. Uh, twenty five, <laughs> which is which is pretty amazing, you know. I think that this this year uh, and this league won't be remarkable or uh, remembered by many Barca fans uh, in a few years. But I think that stat-wise, I think this this season is going to be, um, you know, something which in the future many uh, stats people come back come back to overanalyze once again and to try to understand how. Barca managed to uh, win this league because ultimately the end the, the the end game is already known and and we know that Barca will win it even though they uh, suffered uh, here and there a couple of big defeats for example against Real Madrid this year but uh, their defensive expertise has gone through the roof this this season I think that obviously uh, Ter Stegen is to blame in this case, but I also believe that players like Araujo, Christiansen, uh, I don't know, Barca finally uh, renewing and shifting gears at the back after many, many years of Gerard Piqué being the leader. Uh, finally, the new blood managed to kick in, and and I think that Xavi has also been crucial in that in that sense. So a Barca being much more solid at the back and not conceding uh, anything mainly to, to the opposition, uh, is going to win the league, and I think very, very deservedly. Yes, yes, absolutely. And that is then 25 clean sheets for Testegen and Barca, putting them just one behind Fernando Liano's record at Depor in 1993-94, which is the all-time top record. So they have five more games in which to equal and possibly beat that record. Off the pitch is where I want to talk, though, Paco, because big news coming out of Barca, Matteo Alemani is leaving the club. Huge news, uh, Bombazzo, in many ways, and it looks like he's yeah. going to Villa. But yeah, talk us through this one. Well, in this case, I believe that um, we are having yet another example of a uh, uh, president, in this case, uh, Joan Laporta, who believes that he's uh, almighty in many senses and that eventually um, happens to clash with other of his uh, advisors, in this case, Matteo Alemagne. Also, we have to speak about, obviously, the humongous, massive offer that Aston Villa have made uh, the executive. I believe that uh, Matteo Alemani is going to be covered um, possibly literally in gold <laughs> in the following years if he accepts this, this offer. Let's remember that uh, in Aston Villa, you have Unai Emery as the manager and, um, you know, performing a remarkable task. This season, uh, he arrived to Villa uh, on the lower bottom of the of the standings, and they are now fighting for European spots in one of the biggest turn turnovers of the of the and turnarounds of the of the season in in all Europe. And uh, this kind of 
bond or link between Unai Emery, who back in the day was Valencia's coach. He has a very uh, tight relationship with uh, an executive named uh, Damia Vidagain, who was Valencia's uh, press officer and marketing uh, director. And he has left. Uh, he was fired by, by Peter Lim back in the day. And he, um, you know, is working now in Villa as one of the, um, you know, top brasses in the communication area. And that bond between uh, Emery and his uh, people of confidence and Mateo Alemán, you know, uh, people over in Valencia knew that Mateo was possibly one of the best uh, executives in, in Europe. And in a moment where most star sports directors are, uh, you know, ending their, I would say, their their shining stage. They have been, you know, like rock stars for quite a while. I was thinking about, uh, I don't know, uh, Victor Horta. For example, in Leeds United, he, he left his uh, position a, a few days ago. I think we are leaving a passage for a new era of top executives being uh, the new big transfers in the in the European market. And in this case, Aston Villa, who are going to build uh, and no expenses, uh, you know, left behind uh, a massive project in the following seasons. I think that they wanted to invest not only in, in good players, not only in a great coach as is currently Unai Emery, but also in, in great executives. And that's why I think that uh, Matteo Alemán has been motivated to to try a new, you know, not daunting task, but, uh, you know... Challenge. Inter yeah, interesting challenge over in, in the Premier League. And yeah, 99% he will end there and possibly try to make his mark next next season over in, in the Billions. Mm, something to watch out for, for sure, next season. Back to the football. And as you said, in Madrid, Real lost second place because they lost at Anueta to Real Sociedad. Superb performance from David Silva. He's just extended his contract, by the way. Take Kubo also on the score sheet against his former club. They're now just three wins maximum away from confirming fourth spot and a return to the promised land of the Champions League. Meanwhile, Atleti thrashed Cadiz 5-1 on Wednesday evening. That's the first time they've scored five in consecutive league games since the 1947-48 season. And they've scored as many goals as Barca, which I don't know if it says more about Barca or Atleti, but it's a stat. Um, so yeah, Atleti now into second and looking very good, Paco. Yeah, I think that um, this is the perfect uh, recognition and prize for possibly the best team of the second half of the competition because Atletico have been uh, unstoppable since uh, after the, the World Cup break and, you know, commanded by an unstoppable Griezmann, which is possibly his, his greatest at his greatest level since... Uh, he's been a professional football player. Um, they have only lost against Barca, you know, in the in the last three months. So that speaks volumes about uh, just their commitment, their drive, their passion, their their grittiness. And uh, yeah, they they won very very easily their their game. I think that uh, Cadiz had no chance whatsoever, and Atletico were just flying throughout the the game. Five goals. If they wanted, they could have scored nine or ten. That's my, my my two cents on on this one. Whereas for yeah, as you said, Real Madrid losing their their second spot, I think that for quite a while um, they have you know believed that they're switched off. They're, yeah, I think that they are already focused in in 
one month ago in, in both the Champions League and the Copa del Rey final, which we'll talk about in a, in a few minutes. And uh, I think Ancelotti didn't really want to choose and pick between competitions, but he has been forced to because ultimately the performance of the players has been lacking in, in La Liga. You have a few of them which already, you know, always are at the top of their game. I think that Vinicius, Rodrigo, Benzema are always doing things great, but at the back, uh, I've Militao. seen Militao. Militao yeah. is awful, you know, <laughs> I have to say it. Sorry for Real Madrid fans, but I think Militao in the last month, he has been very disappointing, both in, in La Liga and in the Champions League too. Fortunately for the team, it mm, didn't really punish their, their chances of moving on to the next round, but I think Militao has been lacking focus lately, and uh, I'm very... You know, curious about what is uh, what Ancelotti is going to do in the Copa del Rey final because if uh, he based his decision making on performance, Milita wouldn't be a starter in my book. You know, I think other players are much more concentrated and you know committed to the task than than Milita, who has been already thinking about I don't know maybe the summer the resting you know his holidays I don't know <laughs> but uh, he hasn't been really. Uh, his greatest. Um, he'll eventually, you know, he'll come by and, and he will improve, but uh, Real Madrid are suffering and, and you see Courtois, you know, uh, he's been uh, pretty great this year. Maybe not as massive as last season, but I don't think that any goalkeeper in the world can be, you know, at the top of his game every single game. You know, he can't perform miracles daily. And, uh, yeah, I don't think that Ancelotti is, is too, you know, happy about the way uh, uh, Real Madrid are, are lacking in the, in the final stretch of the, of the league. But as you said, ultimately it doesn't really matter. You know, if Real Madrid finish third, because they are going to finish third or second, it doesn't really change anything. If they win both Copa del Rey and the Champions League, nobody will remember that. But uh, at the same time, Atletico Madrid do really have, you know, that thrive and that grittiness to try to finish second. And that kind of motivation is, you know, uh, elite at this point for both Los Colchoneros and their players. Whereas for Real Madrid, you know, they are just coasting by in the in the final games of the of this season's league. Yeah, they are. It's clear to see in their recent performances. Uh, let's just go through a few more results then and then we'll talk about them kind of in a group. Almeria beat Elche 2-1. That confirms Elche's relegation, the earliest since yeah. 2018. Villarreal had the chance to respond to Real Sociedad's win against Madrid, but they couldn't. They took the lead at Mestalla, another goal for Nico Jackson, but uh, Sanguino pegged them back, so a 1-1 draw there. We had Hetafe 1, Celta 0, Bordelas back at the Coliseum, and it was a classic Bordelas performance and result. Paco is punching the air off, uh, off screen for those of you listening. Um, and then Sevilla 3, Espanyol 2, which was a, a crazy game on Thursday evening. Espanyol came from behind to lead 2-1, but then it was Sevilla that came back to win 3-2. Um, and then elsewhere in the kind of relegation mix-up, we had Rayo 2, Real Valladolid 1. So that's three defeats in a row now for Petzolano's side after a bright start under his uh, his management. And RDT back on the score sheet, the forgotten man. So yeah, Paco, in terms of the relegation shake-up now, uh, obviously a good week for Almeria because they got the win. Um, Hitafe 2 managed to kind of get themselves right into the fight. Uh Decent-ish week for Valencia with with Caddy having a big defeat and Vidalí losing again. Yeah, I would say so, especially as uh, you know their defeat against Cadiz last weekend was a massive blow for Valencia fans. Um, nobody really believed Valencia were 
going to beat Villarreal, but they were close, you know, in the final minutes of the game with a couple of disallowed goals. Um, ultimately, the youth academy players are the ones who are trying to, you know, pull the team out of the mud. Um, you know, Diego Lopez, um, Javi Guerra, uh, I don't know, all of the all of the youngsters are, you know, bringing in fresh blood and, and, and commitment. Whereas for some Palencia players seem to have already sh switched off, you know, thinking about next season, a transfer, I don't know. I think that uh, Rubén Baraja should definitely play the kids and leave the ones who aren't really that committed to, you know, rest over at the bench. Uh, as you said, yeah, Almeria, huge win against uh, Elche. They overcomplicated things because they were the better side and they should have finished it quite uh, earlier. Um, you know, Espanol botching uh, a massive, massive win that could have been for them uh, because they would have been uh, with the plus three points, 34, uh, and, you know, picking their head out of the relegation zone, but again, Sevilla were able to turn it around in the final minutes, and once again, Mendy Libar winning the games in the final minutes, and, you know, uh, suddenly Sevilla in the mix for the European fight, you know, something which would have been one month ago absolutely bonkers for, for anyone. Um, as you said, Petzolano uh, linking three defeats in a row, Rayo Vallecano, Raúl Tomás scored once again, I believe it was 15 games later, Last night, um, first, last night. Yeah, yeah. First goal of the season for him uh, with Rayo Vallecano. And uh, yeah, Shithauser is back with uh, Jose <laughs> Bordalas and Getafe. You know, it was pretty amazing. And I, I have to say it, I, I, I'm sure that there are La Liga load on, you know, loyal listeners who hate this, but I love Shithausery when Bordalas is in the sidelines, you know. Getafe scored in the third minute with an Enesunal penalty. And, uh, you know, the kids around the, the pitch, um, are the, the, the ball kids, right? The ball guys, the, the, yeah. how do you say, how do you say, what's the? Ball boys. Ball, ball boys, yes. Yeah. Uh, they disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> In the 10th minute of the game, they were already gone, you know, um, and, and it was, and it was very, very, you know, very fun to watch, especially if you weren't a Celta de Vigo uh, supporter. And yeah, Getafe did their, their thing. Once again, after Bordalas coming in, they lost their, their debut game, but uh, first Bordalas game back in El Coliseum since 2021. And uh, it was back to, you know, what everyone knew and loved back then. Bordalas te quiero, chance in the stands, 1-0, plus 3, and leveling with Valencia in the points in the standings. So I think that Getafe have many reasons for optimism because... Uh, Bordalas is a very experienced manager and I think he's going to extract every single ounce of performance from this squad in the remaining games. Mm, peak football champagne. And it means, football champagne, yes. And it, it means there are now just five points between the six clubs in the battle and it could have only been two had Espanyol got that win. So we have Almeria 36, Cadiz Valladolid on 35, Valencia Getafe 34 and then Espanyol 31. Elche are officially gone. So... Yeah, it's going to be intense, it's going to go all the way, and we'll talk plenty more about that in our Matchday 34 preview, which will be next midweek. Uh, the only games we haven't yet mentioned so far, uh, Athletic nil, Betis 1, again, a, a poor result for Athletic, that's three without a win now, and uh, damaging blow for their European hopes. But as for Girona, their third win on the spin, 2-1 over Mallorca, 
No player has scored more goals than Tati Castellanos since the second half of the season began. So since match day 19, he is the top scorer, joint top scorer on nine for that period. Uh, Euro Girona, it could happen. Yeah, it could happen because they have over overtaken Athletic in the in the standings. They have overtaken Rayo Vallecano and also Osasuna. Mm. And, uh, you know, Girona now placed seventh at, and only five points away from Betis. Might be one of those Cinderella stories in the second half of the of the competition. I don't think they're going to make it because it's only th five games to go. But uh, regardless, very very impressive the way that Girona and Mitchell have done their their task, and also as you said, Tati Castellanos, those four goals against Real Madrid really uh, launched his uh, you know his uh, chances of being the the MVP or MVP candidate of this second half of the of the league so great job by Girona this season so far and also as you said crucial win for Betis if they had lost against Athletic they would they would have been overtaken both by uh, uh, you know Athletic Club and having Girona only two points away that could have been uh, awful for them so a massive win for uh, Betis on the road and uh, Vivian with a red card in the final minutes it wasn't really the best you know uh, red card Nasty tackle. Yeah, things happen in that sense. Mm. <laughs> well, well done, Paco, for getting all those games into pretty much part one. We'll be back after a short break where we will be previewing the Copa del Rey final. Stay with us. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to La Liga Lowdown. We are now dedicating part two to the Copa del Rey final. Real Madrid, Osasuna, Saturday night, 10 o'clock local time start, which is quite insane, but we'll maybe get to that in a moment. So it's coronation weekend in the UK here, but we want to talk about the King's Cup rather than the King's Crown. 
Uh, Osasuna have waited 18 years for this moment, their last final in 2005. Real Madrid, funnily enough, they haven't been to many Copa del Rey finals either. They've only won it twice in 30 years, Paco. What does this cup final mean to both clubs? Well, in Real Madrid's case, I think that uh, most fans and also many players of this squad uh, might consider it some sort of appetizer before the you know double showdown against uh, Manchester City and a potential you know Champions League final uh, further along the the road. But um, I think that they should take it very very seriously as for starters. Uh, their performance in La Liga hasn't been the brightest. And as we talked earlier in the first half of this pod, um, they lost second place again uh, to, to Atletico Madrid and they have, haven't been that great lately. And uh, as you said, Copa del Rey hasn't really been one of Real Madrid's uh, strong points this, this century. Uh, I remember the one conquered in Mestalla with that Gareth Bale run uh, against Mark Bartra, and as you said, only a couple of uh, conquests this this century. So uh, definitely, it would be a, a high point for Real Madrid season. Maybe not the highest because a couple of massive games are still pending. Whereas for Asasuna, they are the people's champ. You know, it would be some sort of Apollo Creed against Rocky Balboa sort of story. Uh, Forty years later, or fifty years later, because Rocky was in the seventies. So, uh, yeah, I think that the, the people are thriving and, and, you know, supporting through and through Osasuna because, first up, the, the philosophy of the club, uh, for starters, is um, pretty much amazing the way they have been building, I would say, brick after brick, season after season, constantly improving, fine-tuning, um, you know, shaving off, I would say, the fats and bringing in more meat into the bone and becoming possibly one of the most consistent clubs. I wouldn't say teams, but clubs because of the way they are run, the way the board behaves and manage the, manages the, the, the club. Uh, they don't spend what they don't have. Their, their transfer policy is very, very smart. I think that Braulio Vázquez might be one of the best sports directors in in Spain and for extension uh, in the whole European football because he works a lot. I know him personally and I think I, I, I know for sure that he's doing his homework. You know, they have already signed players for next season, players free of charge, free agents, uh, low transfers, you know, really being very smart with the scarce, uh, you know, salaries that they can pay and also the scarce budget that they have in comparison to others so overall i think that they are a perfect example and a great model role model for many other sites i would say that maybe valencia and others could take a page from their book and yeah they're you know they beating athletic club in the semi-final uh, you know qualifying for the for the ultimate challenge which is beating real madrid in the in the game i would say that uh it's a dream for them. You know, their fan base is absolutely nuts. And in that sense, I have to say that, um, as I said earlier, the way they run the club is modelic in my view, because, for example, all season ticket holders have or had a right for a 
ticket for the final. Something which hasn't happened with Real Madrid fans, Valencia fans, Atletico Madrid fans, Barca fans back in the day. Obviously, the way, uh, you know, El Sadar uh, hasn't really that much capacity in attendance helps quite a lot, but I'm talking about the detail, you know, yeah. the, having that kind of concession to your own fan base of, you know, rewarding them. If they have helped you to get to that game, rewarding them to some extent and saying, okay, you have been with us for many, many years for the whole season, you know, supporting us at home. So you guys are going to have the chance of buying a ticket for the final. And that kind of of uh, reward for their fans doesn't happen in other places. And I can talk from experience, for example, in Valencia's case last year against uh, Real Betis. So, um, yeah, 100%, I, I, I support Osasuna in this game because of, you know, the, the kind of Cinderella story which should have or would be great that it had a happy ending but on on paper obviously if you compare the forces and and the potential of both sides and the and the quality of the players real madrid are better and they should win you know they should win all of the all of the betting houses are giving real madrid as the, the clear favorites but 90 minute game everything can happen it's a copa refinal and sevilla is going to be blooming with uh, Osasuna fans and only for that I think that Osasuna had, will have at least a shot of at least delivering frights here and there and, and darles un susto you know frightening Real Madrid for a couple of minutes throughout the game mm, Indeed I mean they're, they're a club that does things well on and off the pitch we'll, we'll talk about the game itself in, in just a moment but it's it's worth reflecting on the runs to the final because both clubs will feel They've had pretty historic runs, regardless of what happens in this final. I mean, Osasuna have gone to extra time and, and penalties in almost every round, knocking Betis out in the Vito Marin. And of course, for Real Madrid, they've knocked out Atleti, their big rivals, and that remarkable second leg at Now in the semi-final, where they smashed Barca. Um, it's some of the Madrid press has been saying that you know reaching the final alone is an achievement, and it's you know it's it's uh, worthy of merit, and of course it is. But let's let's be honest. If Real Madrid don't win this, the reaction will be pretty brutal for Carlo Ancelotti, won't it? Yes, because there are already quite a few doubts uh, surrounding the, the Italian coach and, um, in my view, uh, undeserved, because I think Ancelotti is the perfect manager for Real Madrid, like the perfect one. The following manager won't be as great as Ancelotti. I'm 100% sure of what I'm saying. And, uh, yeah, definitely if they lose the final against uh, Osasuna, the backlash is going to be huge, especially only days before facing Manchester City. So, uh, on the other hand, if they beat Osasuna and if they do it in, with flair and, and spectacular fashion, I think that is going to support them even further, you know, increase their, their morale and their, and their confidence towards that game. Overall, I think that uh, Real Madrid taking... Copa del Rey seriously for once is, you know, refreshing because for mm. many years they stumbled against lesser teams and most of the time they didn't really need to be defeated. You know, they defeated themselves. Real Madrid shot themselves in the foot with many knockouts coming from not really bo bothering about their games and that's why the opposition had it very easy. Uh, I remember a couple of seasons ago, Athletic Club under Marcelino, they, they beat Real Madrid and... I don't know. They, Alcoyano too, yeah, with that goalkeeper, the bald guy. I don't remember <laughs> yeah. the name right now, but that was great. Um, 
so yeah, obviously the favorites in this game. Um, very intrigued about, as I said earlier, the line of back four which Ancelotti is going to play because, as I said, I think Militao is at a very low point in in performance this this season. Um, he'll probably play and and he he he'll do well just to shut my my, my mouth. And uh, yeah, as long as Vinicius, Rodrigo, Benzema are in tip-top shape, I think that they're going to be the favorites in this game. But, you know, as I said, Osasuna are gritty, Osasuna are very driven, Osasuna have the, I would say, the upper hand in the motivation area, or in the motivation aspect of this head-to-head. Uh, -head. So anything can happen. And especially, for example, if Osasuna managed to do uh, and to score early in the game, as remember Barca di, uh, Valencia did back in the day in 2019 against Barca. Mm. Barca were the clear favorites. They had Messi, they had Valverde, they had everyone. But Valencia scored very quickly. And, you know, whenever the the expected plan of a game, especially a final when you don't have any margin of error, goes south, it's very tricky to try to course correct during the game. So, yeah, anything can happen. Real Madrid are the favorites, but I'm rooting for Osasuna. Mm. Indeed, I think a lot of neutrals certainly will be. There's some fascinating subplots. I mean, the role of Camavinga, um, the Sergio Herrera in the Osasuna goal. He's kind of got the better of Benzema quite a lot, especially on penalties. So you never know yeah. if that comes into it. Uh, there's the Vinicius angle as well. How will he perform in on the big stage again? Um, Abde also by uh, Abde, Barcelona yeah. against Real Madrid. I mean, the narrative is is there to be written. Um, final final question then, Paco. What is your prediction? Who will win? Obviously, I would I would like Osasuna to prevail because of just uh, it would be the perfect capping of a great story. You know, if uh, Netflix had some cameras inside the locker room the whole season for Osasuna, it would be like the perfect ending of the single season show on Osasuna's Copa del Rey conquest. But thinking in a cold way, uh, thinking with with my brain instead of my heart, I think that Real Madrid are going to are going to win. I would say uh, potentially a three-one for Real Madrid. Mm, you know, Osasuna frightening Real with a goal. I don't know if in the first half or trying to narrow the gap, but uh, I just see Real Madrid having too much firepower for for Osasuna to to battle. So Real Madrid winning. Um, I'm not sure on that double showdown against Manchester City that is going to be much more closer. But uh, yeah, Real Madrid are the favourites. I would love Osasuna to win, but I think that Real have this inside their pocket. Well, whatever happens, it should be a, a grand showpiece in Seville and the City will be bouncing with fans. And it'll be a great occasion as the cup final always is. So listeners, enjoy it, watch it, um, take it all in. We'll be back to review it early next week. Paco, thank you so much for your time and insight. We packed a lot into there. It's been a very frenetic week in La Liga. <laughs> uh, next La Liga action is actually next weekend. So a bit of a breather now. Teams can kind of reset and, and go again and for the final five games. But uh, yeah, from all of us here, it's been a pleasure bringing this podcast to you. And we'll speak to you again very soon. Adios. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.